That's a good one. Over the year, I need to do better. Yeah, you made it clear. Who could ever be me if I disappear? No one could do that. Embracing that I'm only human. I've been thriving, baby. Yeah. Big moves, big plans, and everything I do. Self-care, let me do and prove I feel like this was overdue Got some big moves, big plans And everything I do, baby Hello, lovely people Welcome to Rap and Relax Where we use hip-hop to discuss Some of the difficult and not-so-difficult conversations Today I have a wonderful host my good friend, my best friend, Brother Joe. What's good? What's good? How you living? I'm living good, bro. How you living? Doing good. Doing good. Just take the day by day. Day by day. So before we introduce the, this week's topic, uh, Joe, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. No problem. No problem. So uh, me and Fidel, we met uh, freshman year at Virginia Tech fall of 2013 it was kind of funny how we met so 2013 that summer uh, there was like a little like vt follow train or whatnot so we followed each other there and uh on moving day um i guess we just found out on twitter that we moved, lived in miles hall or whatnot so he was just hitting me up he was like oh you live in miles hall i was like yeah i live in miles hall he said what floor i was like third floor he was like oh cool cool i'll uh, pull up in a sec whatnot so i was like okay this nigga he finally gonna pull up. Really, he was just saying that. Then literally, like after I, you know, unpacked a couple things, I literally looked up. I'm like, oh, this nigga <laughs> just pulled up, posted up <laughs> on the door, like he's the RA or something like that. So, yeah. So, but since then, we've been cool and close ever since. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I've been my ace, my ride or die for what? We going on seven, seven years? Yeah, six, seven years. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, tell the people what you do. No problem. Yeah, so I currently live in Arlington, Virginia, where I work at Accenture Federal Services. So I work as a management consultant, so um, in the DOD um, government um, sector. So I've been doing that for about, since January, so for about n- nine months. Um, previously, I was working at another consulting firm, Booz Allen Hampton, Staff Virginia, for about year and a half so um been in the consultant field for about two years um not sure if it's going to be something that i could see myself doing for a long time um maybe try to you know find um a profession that kind of uh aligns with my interest outside of professionalism and whatnot and my professional field so but yeah just using you know each experience is just kind of a um resume builder to help get kind of put me to where I really want to be at later on in life. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what the 20s is all about, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so management consultant. Um, I mean, that's that's one reason why you're a very good guest for this um, topic, because uh, I know that gets stressful, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, with everything going on this year, uh, with just a hell of a year 2020 has been like, and... Um, yeah, just you know the mental, uh, you know mo- emotional uh, that you know people just go through in our twenties and whatnot. But especially with this year, you know with you know the loss of a lot of people passing away and COVID nineteen and 
everything that's been going on with the police brutality, with the George Floyds and the Jacob Blakes and other people that have um, unfortunately died at the hands of police brutality, just having to, you know, still like mentally, you know, go to work and be mm-hmm. in corporate America and acting like, you know, nothing is wrong and just having like a fake smile on your face and whatnot mm-hmm. um, just to, you know, make it through the day and whatnot. So it, it can kind of be tough and stressful to uh, do every day and whatnot. So especially at times where like maybe a week after like, or the week that week leading up to like after George Floyd got shot and stuff like that, just it's kind of just tough, you know, to be able to go to work and whatnot. Yeah, we feel like um, our voices ain't heard and stuff like that, and um, you know how much we matter if we're actually people that um, they care about, or we just you know individuals and numbers that they are just trying to like fill a certain um, number. Of of a diversity initiative for yeah. a job or whatnot. So, yeah. So it kind of relates to, like, college or whatnot, how it's like, dang, you know, do they really fuck with this? Or are we just, like, more than – or are we just a number? Yeah. Know, a quota that they're trying to, you know, fit to make them seem, you know, that they just barely just hit the diversity, you know, line or whatnot. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, on top of, you know, your stressful job and just the stressful um, environment that's going on, um, I picked you for this topic. We're talking about anxiety for people that want to know. I'm sorry I didn't mention that earlier. But um, you've actually one of the first people that I know that really opened up about having anxiety. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that. Actually, first, before we get into that, um, how do you define anxiety? Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, cause I feel like a lot of people, especially in our communities define or don't really have like a specific definition for anxiety. Uh, they just feel like, um, it's just something that they just have to deal with as you just a minority in America or whatnot. So, um, like for example, uh, just reading from the uh, shook one, uh, from Charmaine God, a book that we read last year, we really enjoyed, uh, run DMC said I had anxiety that I didn't know was anxiety. I had panic attacks. I didn't know what panic attacks. Anytime I felt something, I considered it abnormal. I just reached for the bottom and whatnot. So I still feel like there's a lot of people that are like um, not even aware that they have anxiety. I guess they just, um, you know, have panic attacks or paranoia and stuff like that or overworry or whatnot and don't really know it's anxiety. Maybe they just feel like it's stress, that they're just stressed out or um or just going through a lot, so they just, you know, find ways to, you know, cope with it or whatnot, but don't really have a specific term um, for it. Um, and probably because, I guess it may be the reason why not a lot of people uh, don't know it's anxiety, because in our community, uh, I guess mental health, especially for um, just our community, is just tough to really address, and just tough to really bring up or whatnot, especially in the, for black males, because it seems like as soon as we know are born it's like we you know are forced to like grow up a lot faster than other races of people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. so um and to just be strong um for each other or whatnot so i guess mental health to lock in our community could be a sign of weakness or whatnot but like what you know the charming book just talked about how you know, generational trauma ptsd that can carry on through generations and whatnot. It's just tough to hold all that stuff in. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you touched on a lot actually. Um, 
a lot that like I kind of want to discuss in this podcast. But I just want to go back to um, what you said about how like a lot of us have it and we don't really acknowledge it, especially in our community. And that's very true because, I mean, you know, let me plug in my social work, you know, uh, what I learned during the courses. But, yeah, anxiety is just basically like, you know, it's just basic definition of the feeling of worry, nervousness, panic, unease, uncertainty, you know, um, that you might experience throughout day by day. And um, when it becomes a disorder is when it just kind of impairs your, you know, everyday life. You know, it just kind of, like, really fucks up your day. Like, you know, you can't function because you're just that anxious. Um, So tell me a little bit about your, like, experiences with anxiety. Oh, true. Um, So I guess growing up, I guess it really – I guess it didn't really start to get, like – Maybe as serious until like I can't uh, go into college or whatnot, but just certain things that I noticed that like I thought it was just excessive worry, could have been anxiety or whatnot. So maybe growing up, um, you know, whenever like I had like an exam or whatnot or a quiz or whatnot, uh, like for example, in fifth grade, uh, we did a thing called like math speed drills where like it was just a competition all year where like um, whoever where it's a competition of people in our class that's able to, like, um, answer certain math problems right, but, mm-hmm. like, the quickest or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I uh, hated that. Yeah. <laughs> but because uh, I wanted to win and be the champion so bad or whatnot, you know, I just got anxious all the time thinking about it. Like, even even at nights, like, before uh, the math speed drills happened or the mm-hmm. following day, I would just be anxious, you know, nighttime Dang. and not be able to go to sleep because I'm like, man, I can't let this one be beaten. Cause it was always between me and this one nigga. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I can't let this motherfucker beat me. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was just an example of just anxiety and whatnot. But um, that, but just any excessive worry or whatnot, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I just be worried about things uh, that at the end, it may not really be a big deal. Yeah. And uh, one thing about anxiety that can be very tough is that, like, we kind of picture a mental movie in your mind. So when things don't end up being as bad as you think it is, it's like you already picture, like, the worst situation that's mm-hmm. going to happen before it even happens. Mm-hmm. So you already, already, already are prepared to think of, like, man, the worst that's going to come out of, like, whatever you're worrying about than really, like, focusing on, okay, what's the most likely and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, and I guess picking up, you know, with college or whatnot, um, well, I guess before college, just growing up as a first-generation African uh, family from Ghana, born in America. Mm-hmm. I guess just you know the anxiety um, from you know that and growing up and whatnot, um, and um, I guess you know my parents' upbringing and whatnot, them being physicians and uh, doing well for themselves and whatnot. So just the anxiety of like always feeling like you know, um, am I black enough? Uh, will you know black Americans accept me? Um, what things I can do better to help the black community and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, also just, um, you know, just having worries about, uh, you know, living in America and appreciate how my parents raised me and whatnot, but realizing that there's certain aspects that um, I would like to um, not have or do on my own when I have kids or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So just anxiety just growing up, um, you know, in African culture and um, trying to improve better relations with 
uh, black American friends and understand their struggles and whatnot, which I think is important because uh, there's a lot of, you know, battles and personal um, grievances and negative relationships between the black Americans, African American community. So just trying to bridge the gap between that and whatnot. But um, yeah, just, you know, anxiety in terms of like not losing my roots, not losing where I come from and whatnot. So yeah, just trying to balance it out and whatnot. And then just with college, um, yeah, I think college just kind of boosted my anxiety just a lot more and whatnot. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Just first time, you know, just by yourself where you don't have your family with you or whatnot. And you just have to just, it's just a self-discovery period, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like my first two years of college, like I switched majors maybe like three or four times. Yeah. Not knowing what to do and whatnot. So just trying to, you know, decide like, okay, should I? Do what my parents do because that's what everyone expects, mm-hmm. and maybe do that lifestyle, but knowing that's not something I want to do, or you know, or with other majors where um, you feel like it's a comfortable major for you to do, but mm-hmm. you know it's not what you want to do, but because your grades will be good and whatnot, you'll be mm-hmm. able to finesse and whatnot. So, so that brought a lot of anxiety too, just trying to you know discover what you really want and what you want, really want to major in and stuff like that. And um, also, uh, just being at um, Virginia Tech just opened my eyes up to just, like, different types of people or whatnot. Yeah. Um, compared to what um, I was accustomed to in being in Virginia. And just opened my eyes more and just uh, just gave me more education about you know, different groups of people or whatnot to be able to understand where they're coming from and learning from their experiences and uh, trying to just be a better understanding to cultures and different communities so I can just help be a better ally to them and whatnot. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a lot of good points, um, and especially just, like, you're painting a, a very good picture of what a typical person that deals with anxiety on a daily basis might feel because um, I know for me, I never really knew what anxiety was, especially in high school. Um, I didn't know what that was. I mean, I heard it before, and um, for real, like I've always thought of anxiety was like just like this dramatic thing of like you know with people passing out when they're around too many people, or you know like they're taking a test and like they can't see straight and then like they just you know pass out. That's always what I thought about what anxiety was. So when I got to college, um. You know, especially since I was a psychology major, you know, just learning about that. And it was like, yo, like, you know, anxiety, shoot, maybe I got anxiety. Maybe I knew a lot more people that had anxiety because it's not always just this, you know, just this grand thing that happens when you're when you're freaking out. It could just be something that you're like in the, now you're not in the back of your head, the front front of your head. That's just like, like you said, you're panicking about like, not being black enough or, like, what, you know, career route you want to go. Or, I mean, like, you know, or just the friends that you're around or just, like, the environment that you're in. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to, like, your reality of anxiety. And I think a lot of people that might be listening can actually relate to that, too. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of people will just assume, that like, if you just are sweating or panicking or having a heart attack, that's what anxiety is. But... It comes in a lot of different um, forms and different types of it, and whatnot. So, but uh, like we said, like uh, just being black in America, 
Uh, we just have a lot of things we just got to carry um, with us in our everyday lives that we don't even realize, you know, a lot of that aspect can be anxiety, mm-hmm. but we just don't know. We just think it's just a burden of just being black and American. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. And it, it's the perfect, this is the perfect segue to go ahead and plug some of the music, you know, since this is rap and relax, but we're using hip hop, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, might have to use a little music. You know, let's let use a little music. So, um, one of the things that, one of the songs that comes to mind when I think of anxiety, and it actually comes from that book, uh, Shook Ones, right there. Y'all gotta read that if anyone's looking for a good book about anxiety. Gotta read it, yeah, gotta read Sean it. You know, wild now a couple times, but... Nigga did his thing in this book, so he did, he did. So he referenced the song "Minds Playing Tricks on Me." Now, uh, you know, just now we—I mean, that's a popular song, Ghetto Boys. You know, every, it's classic. We should all know it. But um, you know, after reading the book and after like just being like more informed on what anxiety is, you know, I listened to it again and just w- went through the lyrics, and it's just like, yo, these people got—they're all, all rapping about anxiety. You know what I mean? And like. They might not outright say it, but that's what it is. So I'm going to, I'm just going to pick a verse. I'm going to go with Willie D, right? So he starts off by saying, I make big money. I drive big cars. Everybody know me. It's like I'm a movie star. But late at night, something ain't right. I feel I'm being tailed by the same sucker's headlights. Is that that fool that I ran off the block? Or is that nigga last week that I shot? Or is it the the one I beat for $5,000? Thought he had came, but it was gold metaphor. Reach under my seat, grab my popper for the suckers. Ain't no use to me lying. I was scared of the motherfucker. So, you know, he he's painting this picture of, on surface level, you know, we could think of paranoia. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of rappers, you know, that might actually rap some of these same sentiments. They're in the hood. So... You know, and, and you, if you're in the hood and you're, you know, you're selling drugs and stuff like that, you, you know, robbing whatever, killing and stuff like that, you know, you're going to be paranoid because you're like, shoot, this is, karma's going to come back to get me, whatever, you know, or like, you know, the ops, you know, we all rap, you know, they all rap about ops, the ops going to be after me, but that's, that's, yo, that's just the textbook definition of anxiety, like what he just described, that's anxiety. If you looking around your shoulder, on the back of your shoulder, like thinking of like, the dude that you robbed is out to get you or, like, somebody that wants your money is, like, after you or, like, you know, you about to be robbed yourself. Oh, like, that's anxiety. And, like, how can you live that way? Um, And I think a, a lot of, you know, our, our black men, our black women that's actually, like, in these disadvantaged communities live that way. And, like, that is their reality. You know what I mean? Like, they have anxiety to the fullest you know, whether they, like, admit it or not. Um, so, I mean, you know, we can only speak on black men, but, um, Joe, what do you, what do you think um, the reality of black men is dealing with anxiety? Yeah, so, um, I like the, this song a lot because it just painted, like, a just mental image and a story mm-hmm. of just, like, him just, uh, you know, being paranoid about this one person that's going to kill him and whatnot, and it's crazy how when Charlemagne brought this up in his book, how he actually like had a friend that was always talking about somebody was in his dreams that was about to kill him or whatnot uh, because of just how he was living his life. And uh, I also believe the book that we read, uh, Jay-Z's biography, mm-hmm. that just his time, you know, drug dealing in Marcy Avenue, how there was a lot of times where like he uh, was held at gunpoint or where he thought that he was going to die or whatnot, just you know, living the life or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't know who to trust. 
He had a lot of best friends and close friends that died because of just them you know, running operations together and people that he's working with or his bosses that work with ended up dying or whatnot. So just didn't um, know who to trust or whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's just tough. Dude. It's like you're trying to do everything you can to make it, make ends meet, uh, you know, make as much money as you can, provide for your family and whatnot, but at the same time, just trying to figure out, dang, like, you know, is this going to be the last time I'm going to be alive or I don't know when my last day is and whatnot. And it's like you're living every day looking behind your shoulder and whatnot. So it's like, so even though you're doing good, you're making money on the outside, it's like on the inside, it's like you feel like you are dying inside. You're just like, you're not really living. Mm-hmm. You're just worried about like, you know, this is going to be my last day. This is going to be the day that I'm getting shot or whatnot. It just brings a lot of anxiety. Because yeah. You're not really living for the moment, and you're not really um, just enjoying and just um, taking pride and value in life and whatnot. So, um, you know, and that can be that's very tough too. You know, especially uh, with you know everything that's been going on this year and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the people that's been dying or whatnot from COVID or police brutality, we can always think like, dang, that could be one of us. Yeah, any day. That's so, anxious right there. I mean, that's yo, like if you're thinking like that, that's that can make you real anxious. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, yep. Yeah. And, and especially us, you know, co- going to tech maybe six years after the shooting or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I remember how a lot of people was, you know, asking me like, why are you going to tech anything after the shooting school? Why you couldn't pick anything else? Or yeah, so, right. Yes, yeah, so a lot of paranoia there at sometimes, you know, walk around campuses or whatnot, um, maybe going to a big auditorium or whatnot, and like mm-hmm. sometimes just looking at the mm-hmm. back whenever someone's opening up or whatnot, or if you hear some type of noise. So, yeah, so that kind of paranoia too and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's tough because it's like you want to live and enjoy your life, but you being worried about, you know, this is going to be your last day of life, you know, you can kind of, you're not really living, but at the same time, it's like, we don't know how much longer we got in this planet and this earth, so um, it's just a tough conundrum. Yeah, nah, real tough conundrum. Um, and I mean, like, uh, you know, I just keep on going back to like some of these, you know, rappers' lyrics, and, I, and I'm gonna tie it back to my life. But um, you know, like, like you know, like you said, like looking over your shoulders, don't know who to trust. Um, you know, you could always see that, like, um, those sentiments, like, you know, rap in like some of these lyrics, like in J in G Herbo's song, um. And you know, y'all gonna hear me reference G Herbo a lot in this podcast. I mean, I, I just think that he kind of really embodies mental health and within hip hop. Yeah. But uh, and deal with Chirac brothers. Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> man, right. But like in Bricks and Mansion, he says, "Ain't no rules to the streets except for keep a cannon." And it's going down over east. I gotta keep a cannon. Take a piss. I eat with my cannon. Ask my bitch. I sleep with a cannon. Yo, if if you feel like you, you know. If that's like one of your like core values to keep your gun on you because you don't know what's gonna happen, like that is that is like textbook definition. That's anxiety right there, man. Um, so I mean, you know, we're going back to the hood niggas and stuff like that and like how they live. And that's so clear of like, you know, how anxiety how they you know, how they embody what anxiety looks like. But, I mean, just to go back and maybe like a, you know, typical black male's, you know, perspective of uh, of living with anxiety and being anxious. I mean, I think of, um, so, okay, one of the things, right, um, that I've, that I mean, that I wasn't taught, 
that but I have noticed in my friends is that, you know, wherever you know, whenever we go out somewhere, there's always somebody like, yo, I gotta sit I gotta sit in this seat so I can see the door. I gotta see who's coming in, right? And just me, you know, coming up the way I came up, you know, came up from the suburbs, you know, I was never taught that and stuff like that. I was never like thinking that way, you know, but like I'm I'm thinking about some of my friends that do that and I'm just like, yo, why do you like why do you think, you know, why do you always got to sit like that? You know what I mean? Just to look at the door. You know what I mean? Like, you think someone's going to get you? And, like, this, these are some people that, like, wasn't in, you know, wasn't in the street life. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say they didn't grow up in the hood. But, like, they wasn't in the streets like that. Um, So, I mean, I think of that. You know what I mean? You know, black men, they always got to look, you know, sit facing the door. You know what I mean? At a restaurant, bar, whatever. Yeah, going to movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Go, make sure you're able to see the exit signs. So. Seeing the exit signs. Right, right. And I also think of. I mean, just driving, you know what I mean? Driving while black. That is, that's anxious right there. I mean, because, you know, you driving, you see a cop you know, right behind you, and you could be doing the speed limit, but guess what? You're going to go five miles lower, right? You're going to put your seatbelt on if you ain't have your seatbelt on. You're going to make sure you turn your blinkers on. And, I mean, you might just be low-key panicking. I know I do. Like, I mean, my heart be being fast because, like, especially given the climate, you don't know you know, if you get pulled over, you don't know what's going to happen, right? So, um, I ask you this. How does your environment, or how did your environment kind of impact your anxiety? Uh, just growing up? and I mean, you can go from, you can go about growing up or right now. Um, true, true. Um, yeah, uh, I guess growing up, like I mentioned earlier, just, um, just being, uh, I think maybe one or two African, fam- two African families in Danville and whatnot, mm-hmm. and um, I guess my upbringing uh, didn't really go to public school until high school and whatnot. So um, everything was kind of just like, um, you know, kind of just like a, you know, sometimes a culture shock or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe going to private school till like middle school and then going to high school and whatnot, and just seeing the differences and changes there, and it, it's like you really get. Um, access to the real world and stuff like that. So, um, even though I know my parents are just looking out for what's best for me and education and whatnot, mm-hmm. that might be one aspect where I feel like I won't uh, do or emulate when I have kids. Mm-hmm. And I rather would have my kids go to public school and whatnot. Yeah, just because I feel like it's just the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, real world with kids is having you know, issues, mental health problems, and struggles and whatnot, mm-hmm. and not just in the fantasy world and like a private school and whatnot. So. These public schools and the kids and the public schools, they're dealing with a lot you know, outside of the schools and whatnot with anxiety, mental health, you know, family traumas, things that they're dealing with outside of school that sometimes, you know, these kids, they see school or sports or any of the activities as kind of like a safe haven mm-hmm. you know, from the things they have to uh, go through or have to deal with on a daily and whatnot. So, um, so that was just the main thing, just, um, you know, I guess, kind of being just kind of sheltered growing up from reality because of my environment and then realizing a little bit more and more how the real world acts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, recognizing my privilege in a certain sense and then I guess the tech and whatnot, recognize my privilege and just trying to use my privilege in my upbringing. Um, my upbringing, I guess your upbringing is not most likely, it's not like most black Americans just trying to mm-hmm. use our, um, you know, upbringing to kind of just like, educate ourselves and then educate um, others and also learn from others as well. Yeah. 
um, that's why I just am just better just like listening to just people rather than just like making opinions of myself because yeah. how am I supposed to why the hell am I gonna talk or make an opinion on someone's lifestyle if I'm not the one that had to live that life or be in that person's position or whatnot so yeah yeah nah I mean I uh, just you know talking about like your upbringing of just being sheltered and then like going into the world um, you know I think I said this before but uh, you know I was homeschooled so like being homeschooled, you know, damn near all your life to going to high school, um, I think one of the things, like, just looking back, you know, like I said, I never really thought I had anxiety or, like, thought about anxiety until, like, you know, now. But, you know, just going back, you know, high school, like, just going there, I think that um, one of the things that kind of, how my environment kind of really impacted my anxiety was just um, I, I, I really wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in so bad, I, you know what I mean? Like, I knew, like, some people came from this, you know what I mean? Some people might have two-parent households. You know, my dad, you know, living with my dad, I, you know, we had a little bit more money than, you know, some of the other people that I went to school with. Um, we had different values than some of the people that I went to school with, but I wanted to, you know, fit in. I wanted to make friends, you know, and stuff like that. I wanted to make all the friends I could. Um, so, like, um, when you know, when I found myself, like, straying away, like, from some of the values that I was taught in, um, whatchamacallit, and, you know, from home, um, like, doing things like, you know, skipping class or, like, smoking or, like, I used to have friends that, you know, that would smoke in my car and stuff like that. Yo, I used to be nervous as hell. <laughs> Listen, man, like, just skipping class, heart beating fast, like, out my chest. Yo, when they used to hotbox my car and I hit it and stuff like that, I'd be like, yo, like, I don't think we should do this. Or like, yo, like, you think this is a good spot to do this right here? And they, you know, they, they did it before and stuff like that. So they were just like, oh, yo, be be cool, be cool, be cool. But, I mean, I just know that was just like, yo, it was like, if my anxiety was a disorder, I, I could have panicked and fell out at that moment. You know, <laughs> during those moments of me just like, straying away from like what I know isn't me you know what I mean um doing things that I know isn't me doing things that I know that's like that's just outside of my norm I mean like honestly like I said like if I had this order I could have fell out right then but I think that um being in college that was a new environment that really actually kind of leveled out flattened like any type of anxious feelings that I felt about myself and my identity and like the values that I had because like I I found like a group of friends I found like a group of people that you know was like yo like you know kind of like you know be yourself you know what I mean like yeah because that we, first semester we were all thinking about transferring we was all looking at schools or when's the deadline to transfer to another school or whatnot so yeah, that first semester was just tough for both of us and whatnot. So just trying to find a place of identity, find out who you are, and whatnot. So tell you on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's just so crazy that how like you know when we talk about anxiety, it it just kind of it just really really looks different in everybody. Um, it transpires different in everybody. It you know it kind of like um manifests. That's the word. It manifests differently in everybody. Um, so I mean. What do you think about hearing, like, let's go back to the rap. What do you think about hearing so many rappers, you know, depicting, like, anxiety in these songs? Like, what's what's the first thing that, you know, comes to your mind now that 
we know what it is. We know what's going on and stuff like that. So like when you hear people like you know you know G Herbal like Jay Z, you actually have a Biggie song, right? Yeah. That you wanted to um talk about. Like, yeah. What do you what do you think about all that? Just yeah. hearing that. Um, it's just tough because just like I guess the nature of rap. Wait, go ahead. Um, recite that Biggie song right quick. <laughs> oh, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the um. Biggie song that I chose was uh, Everyday Struggle. It was a part of his debut album, Ready to Die. And uh, it's just basically his two albums, how Ready, Ready to Die, Life After Death. It was just uh, two completely different, just like, you know, albums in terms of just like the mental aspect of Biggie. Mm-hmm. You know, Ready to Die and Life After Death. It's like, you can just see the difference and whatnot. So, um,. Yeah, so just the chorus, man. Just like, I don't want to live no more. Sometimes I hear death knocking at my front door. I'm living every day like a hustle. Another drug to juggle. Another day, another struggle. Or whatnot. So, and uh, I mean, that's, that's tough, man. Cause, and, you know, when he says, I don't want to live no more. And sometimes I hear death knocking at my front door. It's just like, dang, you know, some people have that type of mental, you know, state right now where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, even though you're alive, you just feel like you're dying inside. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people with anxiety where it's like they just want to stay in their room and whatnot. They don't want to leave the bed to be outside the house. Yeah. As soon as you leave outside the house, all the anxiety and intrusive thoughts start to just like, you know, hit you all at once and stuff like that. You just, you know, mentally just dying inside, you know. And so it can just get crazy. I mean, just with his upbringing and whatnot before he really started to um, find himself as a rapper, really start to elevate, you know, with him, you know, trying to just make money, having a daughter and being in the streets, selling drugs or whatnot. So just didn't really, really find hope or didn't really see a lot of the end of the tunnel until he was able to really blow up and rap and link up with Bad Boy and whatnot. So, so it's tough and whatnot. So, and that's what I like about this album because even though in this album, he was already with Babel or whatnot, but his album kind of spoke in past tense about reflecting to just his mental health and the struggles he felt and that he dealt with before really making it, you know, mm-hmm. seeing him in the Juicy video and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's real, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it, it's real inspiring hearing, like, um, you know, like, I mean, well, just going back and, like, hearing, like, you know, like you said, like, Biggie's, um, like, just kind of, like, his journey, what, like, mental health and dealing with anxiety, because, like, on one end, you, you have him saying, well, that was on um, Ready to Die, right? Yeah. Yeah, on one end, he's like, he doesn't want to live no more, but then, um, you know, you got on Life to Death, you got Sky's the Limit, where, you know, you kind of hear, like, you know, he's in a better place. So, I mean, I, I just think that, like, well, probably easily my favorite Biggie song. Yeah, <laughs> see, hey, look, look, I shouted you out right there. I knew that, I knew that. But um, I just think that like hearing like so many rappers like kind of like depicting that is it's cool because like you know even if the listener doesn't know what that is but can relate, I think that's really um powerful because like you know they can relate to like what's going on. They just know that like someone else feels this way. Someone else knows what I'm going through. Like you know what I feel is normal. You know whether like. You, you grow up in a disadvantaged neighborhood and you feel that way, like, you know, I gotta, gotta sleep with my tool, I gotta look on my back, you know, behind my back, or like, whether you know, you a suburban, you know, kid like me, that's just like, you know, Kid Cudi, like, 
just talking about like he doesn't fit in and stuff like that or like you know he's, he's an alien and stuff like that i related to that because it was just like i don't really you know kind of like relate to everybody that i'm with right now but um so i think that what we see now a days is that i think that the anxiety that people feel um just from their upbringings you know just from the environment and stuff like that it you know, they, they never really kind of address it, and it goes unchecked for so long. Um, I have an idea of, like, what happens when it goes unchecked for so long, but um, but what do you think about anxiety and people, like, that manifesting in somebody for so long, you know what I mean, of being anxious about this environment, about who they're around, about, you know, who's out to get them, stuff like that, or just, like, the anxiety of like wanting to fail. What do you think happens when that goes unchecked for so long? Yeah, a whole lot of things could happen. Um, I'm gonna uh, say another quote from Charlemagne's book that had the two acronyms for fear. Mm-hmm. Just give me a moment for a second. So yeah, so James Baldwin. With anxiety, he was just talking about how not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. So he was just talking about Charlemagne, he was referencing a radio personality, K Fox, talking about you have to look at fear as having two meanings mm-hmm. forget everything and run, or face everything and rise and whatnot. So Holding your anxiety and just mental health for so long, it can just impact you in so many ways. You may not um, want to apply for a certain job or move to a certain area or take that risk in life because you're already thinking about the failures or already Mm -hmm. already thinking about a mental image in mind of like the worst thing that can happen before you even make the motherfucking decision or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So just taking risk in life, going out your comfort zone in life, that's some, some things that anxiety... Uh, can play a role in anxiety can put you in your comfort zone or whatnot to put you in your most mental um, lead that most peace comfort zone to keep you sane or whatnot mm-hmm. you know it could also affect the relationships that you may be in in the future uh, in your marriage and stuff like that where you hold so much in and you may not talk to your husband or wife in ding, 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 the ding. things that you're dealing with and you know you may not want to go to therapy because you're just like why why am I going to pay to you know talk about all my problems to a white person like they understand and stuff like that so you know so even though we may not be able to we may not think that it can impact you in certain ways it does but we're just not aware of it and stuff like that ding 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, I mean, anxiety can manifest in so many different ways, but I just think that the main way that I see, I'm speaking, you know, speaking on the black man and stuff like that, or just in the black community, is our relationships with other people. Um, so Jay Z and Can I Live? I think that this the best Jay Z album of all time. I know Fidel's likes the blueprint, but Reasonable no, Doubt. Reasonable Doubt is a is a good is a good second choice right there. Good second choice. But um, so he's can I live the first verse? 
He says, while I'm watching every nigga watching me closely, my shit is butter for the bread they want to toast me. I keep my head both on them where they supposed to be. Hoes, hoes will get you tripped, sidetracked, then clap from close feet. Um, that's just like, I mean, okay, Jay-Z, he, you know, he was in a whole different realm, a whole different stratosphere before he, you know, made Reason Without. And I mean, I understand why, like, you know, he said she has to watch every nigga close to him and stuff like that. And the hoes might get him sidetracked and clipped and all that good stuff. But um, I think that, um, yo, like, in the black community, like, I think anxiety, it gets so embedded in our DNA. And it goes so long unchecked that a lot of people, it just really fucks up their relationships, bro. Like, their relationships with other people, their relationships with, like, you know, intimate relationships, just, like, everything. I mean, like, so, I mean, I don't know why, like, we, you know, we brag about our circle being a period, a dot, you know, so small that, you know what I mean, that you, oh, you only really fuck with two, three people. I mean, that's cool if, like, that's really it, but, like, I, I feel like deep down, a lot of people really just, like, I don't really want to, like, fool with everybody because... Somebody might back, you know, backstab me. Um, you know, someone might like do something disloyal. You know what I mean? There's a whole lot of there's not loyalty and stuff like that. I think a lot of people are so anxious of like being double crossed. Um, one thing with like black men, I mean, like we we don't open up when we're in our you know intimate relationships with you know with black women. We don't open up because we're so fearful of her. You're the the woman that you know that you love that you lie down with you're so worried that if if you open up about like you know your deepest darkest secrets or you open up like you be vulnerable to her she's gonna use that against you and I mean that happens but I mean I think that like it is tough because it's like they say they want that and then when you bring it up and if you have like a huge ass fight. That's one of the first things they bring up. Well, I mean, I yeah. remember like that one episode in This Is Us, like when uh-huh. uh, Randall uh, really talked the best about his panic attacks and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they got in a huge fight. And one of the things she said was like, "I didn't want you to have another panic attack. You about to have another panic attack." And he was just mm-hmm. like, "That kind." Well, of I mean, she, okay, in that context, she was trying to help him. You know what I yeah. mean? I think you know. What I mean, so so many people get worried that like, so many men get worried that like, oh, if I say that I was adopted. You know, she gonna say, "Oh, that's why your parents didn't want your bastard ass." You know what I mean, type of thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, like I said, it, it happens. It does happen. But I mean, I think that like, that's the chance that you have to take when, it, especially when it comes to love. But I think that like, anxiety is like just so like wrapped around our DNA, so like just lives in our head that we it just doesn't get checked. That you know, a lot of black men don't want to open up because like they're so anxious that that's gonna get thrown back on them. Yeah. Um, a, you know, a lot of black men they like. They don't trust a lot of people around them. And, I mean, I, I know that – okay, disclaimer. I am a very gullible – I believe in people. I You know what I mean? Like, I love people. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? They they give me life. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm a little bit believing the most. You know, I love a little more people than everybody else. But, I mean, I think that this, this should be like a, you know, um, a middle ground of just like – you know, you don't want to be so closed off that you don't bring you know, anybody else in. But you don't want to be like me either, that I bring everybody in that, you know, that smiles in my face. 
But I mean, I think that you know, I think the main thing that I was just trying to get at is just that I think anxiety, you know, it manifests us in so long, gets so unchecked that you know it really fucks up our relationships a whole lot. Um, you know, you shouldn't go about, you shouldn't walk this earth thinking that somebody's gonna double cross me. So before somebody double cross me, I'm gonna just not let you in. That's not healthy. Yeah, and with Jay-Z with Can I Live, you kind of see he still, like, walks and has that same mindset and demeanor even at this age now. Jay-Z lives a very private life. Um, he lives really tells a lot of people what he does or whatnot. And I think that just, you know, resonates with how he was brought up in Marcy. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't really, Reasonable Doubt, he was like 27, Reasonable Doubt came out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was still in, like, mostly through his 20s, still living that life or whatnot, and the experience that he had in terms of people, you know, betraying him and close friends betraying him and close friends dying, he's carried that. And even though he's mm-hmm. a billionaire and whatnot, he still has that same kind of mindset where he's like, he can't let a lot of people in or whatnot mm-hmm. because he doesn't know who to trust and stuff like that and whatnot. So, yeah, so that was, you know, a very good example of just somebody who, no matter what his status is and how his status is, some things that he still... Um, can't really uh, let out and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, and like you said with the relationships and whatnot, you know, through relationships or intimate relationships, you know, especially if you're in a relationship with a woman, it's just like, you know, you want to be shown as a strong person, mm-hmm. a strong provider, and whatnot, and I think a lot of people just hold their mental anxiety in because they feel like it will be a sign of weakness to a woman mm-hmm. and whatnot. You're so, so anxious that you're gonna be looked at as weak. Yeah. So I mean that's why a lot of uh black men in relationships hold that in um and don't share that stuff with their wives or whatnot because of you know that kind of fear that like, damn, if I show this type of vulnerability to me then mm-hmm. you know, she would just be like, Oh damn, this weak ass nigga. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, waste my yeah. time, you know, with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All the motherfuckers DMing me still. <laughs> that's my role. You're not supposed to be like that. Yeah. You know. But I mean I mean, I think that there's um, now on the flip side of it of of it all, talking about anxiety. I think that um, anxiety brings a positive. You know, I think that if you walk this earth, not a care in the world. You know, you're not second guessing things. You know, what I mean, you're not a little bit worried. Then you get you get fucked up that way you know what i mean like what yep. you know when it comes to people or like let's just say that you, know, you have a job interview you walk in there you, you know you're not nervous at all you know what i mean or like you don't even think that like you know that you have to prove yourself you know what i mean i think that like you know you might be a little complacent you might be a little lazy you know you, you, you know what i mean like you know it goes to the um idea of like there's good stress and bad stress you know what i mean like good stress is that you know, if you you know if you want this job interview, you know, you kind of stress out a little bit because you really want it, you know. But bad stress is that, you know, your family is like, you know, always at begging you for money and stuff like that. Or your family's always, you know, um, you know, your family's always down and out. Or your family like, you know, I mean, always ask for something or they sick or something like that. That's bad stress. But I mean, I think a little bit, you know, a little bit of anxiety is, you know, it, it's good. You know, what I mean, like. Being private or being like you know just like kind of like not you know so readily 
wanting to open up to somebody is, you know, I think that's good too. But I mean, I think that I'm just going to the fact that um, I, what I see is just that a lot of people is, you know, so worried about being vulnerable. Or a lot of people are so worried about, you know, like you said, painting these mental pictures of the worst case scenario when it comes to like just any aspect of their life. And it manifests in them that so, something so ugly that, like, you know, I mean, they they paint these terrible pictures, and they and that's how they go about their life too, of the worst case scenario. Um, so I mean, moving forward, I mean, what what do you what do you suggest when it comes to like addressing it, coping with it, you know? In terms of more specific. Just anxiety in general. Just how to open yourself, like, to share with others, or just how to just cope with it on an everyday basis? Well, on, a, on an everyday basis, I mean, like, if, you know, if you listen to this podcast, or someone, if someone's listening to this podcast, and they're like, okay, they identify with what some, the, some of the things we're talking about, and they like, okay, I want to get a hold on this, you know what I mean? Um, do you have any tips on, like, just kind of addressing anxiety and coping with it on a day-to-day basis? True. I'm, I'm still trying to figure, you know, that shit out on an everyday basis or whatnot. Um, I'm not as consistent with some things and how to cope with it as I should be and whatnot. Still trying to improve and stuff like that. But um, positive affirmations has helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, waking up, you know, first thing you do in the morning, maybe uh, you know, YouTube just positive affirmations to start your day off. Mm-hmm. Um, exercising helps. The endorphins just, you know, it's mm-hmm. chemically proven that the endorphins okay. can... Taking all know, my answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the endorphins can just help, you know, cause, um, you know, relaxation and whatnot and stuff like that. So, um, and just my personal relationship with God, uh, reading scriptures and, and Bible studies and whatnot. So I can still be better at that, but um, just, you know, just ways to you know, improve and stuff like that. Music helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that certain days, you know, maybe listen like maybe R and B or Neo Soul or certain music just helps, you know, relax me and stuff like that. Um and uh so that and just um the other things too. I'll do like a shameless plug for uh, one of our uh, good uh mentors, Jabari. Um he um sells uh C B D products uh in the Rafford Junior area. So uh I've been, you know, taking some uh, some of the products that go ahead, um, say the name. Yeah, Jabari Bird, Rise and Shine Botanicals. There we so go. Check it out. There we go. Yeah, so you know he sells a lot of CBD stuff that I'll take, um, especially one CBD oil that I take that helps with like the nervous system and helps with relaxation and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I take that during the day. You know, maybe just pour it with some juice or water, or whatnot. And it makes me feel calm and relaxed, and it yeah. helps you know just getting through the day, working and whatnot. And sometimes maybe take it before I sleep. Because uh, I find myself the most anxious in the morning and before I sleep. So mm-hmm. CBD's helped a lot and, um, and stuff like that. And also another shameless uh, plug, um, Kendall, Holloway, and Sabrina. Uh, they just launched their Good Enough um, Instagram and the, you know, kind of nonprofit business and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That they do a lot of uh, good tips. On, I'm going to find the Instagram handle real quick. I can plug y'all in, but yeah, if you want to 
good enough underscore NP. So it's a good aspire nonprofit committed to provide support, education, advocacy in the areas of mental health. So it's a lot of good stuff. They have a lot of events, resources, you know, self-care tips to help you improve your, your mental health in certain aspects okay. and whatnot, uh, the psychoeducation okay. of it. And they do good doing a lot of, you know, good IG Live discussions and whatnot. So, yes, yeah, so definitely check that out. You know, shout out to Kendall and Sabrina. They're doing a hell of a job with this and whatnot. So, it's, like I said, I'm not the perfect person to know what's the steps, you know, from A through Z that can help you cope with it. But mm-hmm. that's just some of the things that I've been using to help, you know, cope with it and whatnot. So, you know, it may vary in the future and whatnot. Yeah. But that's just some of the things that I use to cope with it and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So, yeah. See, this is why y'all need a Joe in y'all life because he out here. I snapped, I cashed after fifty dollars for him to say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> he out here giving out, he helping out the squad, man. Just plugging in everybody without no kickbacks. That's what's up. <laughs> but um, yeah, bro. I mean, bro, you yeah. I mean, you really just hit everything on the head when it comes to it. I mean. I was going to say when it comes to anxiety and stuff like that, like like I said, I don't deal with it on a daily basis, but I mean, I know how it feels and I know like, you know, I know people that, you know, that got it. And I mean, I, I, I do think like the the most best thing that you could do is just self-care and like, like whatever that looks like for you, just do it. You know what I mean? If it's exercise, cool. Yeah, I forgot to bring it like meditation. Yeah. I mean like, okay. I was about to say meditation. I mean, meditation doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. I know I tried it, and, bro, I was thinking about everything else except for what I was supposed to be meditating Except about. for the woo-saw. Yeah, except for the woo-saw. <laughs> Shout out Martin But, Lewis. I mean, you know, you know, meditation, you know, uh, music, uh, going for a run, I mean, talking to somebody. I think that um, I think that self-care is one of those things, and, I mean, we all we all have it. Um, it's just all about, like, remembering to use it. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, especially when you feel anxious, it's all about remembering to use it. Um, and that's what I would just say about it when it comes to anxiety. You know, like, whenever you feel anxious about something, whatever that self-care thing is, and, like, as long as it's readily available, like, I mean, you know, we can't, you know, you can't go for a run before a job interview, or you can't go for a run if the police pull you over. But, I mean... Whatever it is that's readily available, what if it's, you know, counting 10, I tell my clients that all the time, or if it's, like, breathing exercises or mindfulness or just just do it, um, that'll just really nip it in the bud. I mean, well, not really nip it in the bud, but that'll make you feel good. Um, yeah, my sister, she just, like, last, I think, two months ago, she just hit me to, like, sleep aroma, like, the mm-hmm. spray that you could use to just spray your pillows before, like, you're going to sleep. Yeah. That shit helps, too. Oh yeah, like I might just use that just to help me sleep better. Yeah, so yeah, so she plugged me with that. I'm like, dang. So she got me. I'm like, oh damn, this motherfucker works. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So it's been a lot of good, you know, resources. That I wasn't hip about, but you know, mm-hmm. if you just ask and you know share, you know, what things that you need to improve on that you're struggling with or whatnot. In terms of the mental side, that you got resources that can help you out more than you even know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's um, you know, it's really good to get a a hold on those on your anxiety, get a hold of those resources, and just acknowledge 
what it is because, you know, like we said before, you, you don't want to live with that shit of just constantly worrying about things and overthinking things and paying like this worst case scenario, you know, for, you know, for so long because before you know it, you know what I mean? You're going to be 40 years old, you know, worrying about the relationships you have, worrying about, you know, if, you know, if you're going to get fired today, worrying about, like, does your family still love you? You know, just worrying about a whole bunch of things that, like, really, like, if, you know, if, if you if you know how to cope with it, you'll be, you'll be, you know, better off than, like, just sitting with your feelings. Yeah. And like you said, the example that you said four years from now, like, you know, with certain things that you may be afraid to take a risk for or whatnot, you don't want to look, you know, when you're 40 or 50 and be like, damn. I would have just done this in my 20s or 30s and not been afraid of, like, you know, the rejection, whether it's talking to a girl or, you know, well, not, you know Whatever, or, exactly. you know, right, moving to a city or applying for that job or whatnot, you know. It's tough because it's like at the moment being comfortable and not taking that risk seems like the most temporarily comforting decision. But mm-hmm. long term, you know, you're going to regret it. And whatnot. So. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, man. <sighs> well, yo, this was um dope. I, you know, I, I, I like doing this. I, I really do like doing this, man. I do. I might have to make this my full time career, just out here talking to people. <laughs> but um, I right, before we you know we wrap up and end this thing, um, Joe, go ahead. You know, if you got any shameless plugs for yourself. For yourself this time, you know, do something for, you, for yourself, bro. Um, go ahead. Oh, true. Uh, I guess no shameless, no uh, plugs for myself. Uh, just shout out to my brother Fadil, uh, for starting this podcast up, and I'm very excited about how the public's gonna feel about it once it uh, uh is available to the public and whatnot. So it's gonna be covering a lot of topics. Uh, that I feel like it's gonna be beneficial to. Um, our communities and whatnot, that definitely it's a lot of topics that may not be shown a lot or focused on a lot outside of anxiety and whatnot. So uh, y'all really go enjoy some of the you know, other um, people that Fidel's going to interview for you know, the months hopefully. to come and whatnot. So, yeah, <laughs> hopefully and whatnot. So, hopefully y'all keep on listening. Yeah, but uh, nah, no shameless plug. Like I said, uh, Definitely follow some of the pages that I you know, recommended to y'all and whatnot, and uh, you know some of the things that I mentioned with this coping mechanism. So, like I said, uh, not everything works for everybody, but you know just some of the resources that I use. Uh, hopefully that impacts you guys and whatnot. Um, and also, if you guys have the you know, Instagram or any social media accounts that you know if you want to hit you know me up, DM me about you know maybe certain things of how to cope with anxiety or have any questions in regards to that, you, know, you can um, you know, hit me up on Instagram at you know, or Twitter at Wusu Sloppy Joe. You know, I feel I'm more than welcome to help um, people that have questions in regards to that if they want you know more information on how to cope with it or more resources. I got you guys with that. Um, but yeah, um, that's about it. Yeah. Well, all right, y'all. This was another episode of Rap and Relax. I hope y'all listening, you know, to the end. Y'all be blessed, and we'll catch y'all another time.